The Complete Tan and J-Man Show was back for the first time in three weeks. It was post or uh, pre-Super Bowl last time we were uh, on the show together on this uh, 70-degree February day. Could not ask for a better February day, but I know the uh, bad days are still ahead. But uh, I'll take 70 degrees. Have you uh, you gotten out the uh, golf clubs yet and started swinging? They're out of my car, but I have not swung. They are in the garage now, so getting closer. You you need to like I don't know, take like a ring camera or your tripod out, or have your wife video you your first swing of the season. Probably pull some on my back. <laughs> yeah, but no, she she needs. I need to have her go out with me and uh, record me when I hit my first ball of the season. That would uh, that'd be pretty entertaining. Yeah, probably wouldn't go so well. Yeah. Never know. Never know. But it's it's good to be back, Jay Man. Uh I missed having you on two weeks ago when I hosted, and then I, I missed last week. But uh thanks to our good friend and my uh co-host of the Boiler Breakdown podcast, Evan Webb, for filling in. Uh I thought you guys did a real good job, and that was an entertaining podcast last week. Yeah, he uh he does a fantastic job. So uh shout out to the web dog. Yep, yep, you guys you guys were fun. Besides the uh mishap in the intro, but that that happens to all of us. <laughs> That's why I called you the boss, man. So I uh, I did it uh, with one of my other podcasts just the week before that. So <laughs> completely was going through my spiel, and then they're like, uh, "Are we live?" I'm like, "We're not." <laughs> I, I hit the button thinking that was going to do the intro. I just stared at the camera for five seconds till I realized what I'd actually done. So uh, happens to the best of us. Yeah. Happens to the best of us, but. Uh, I do have some birdie or bogey for you this evening. It's a pretty uh, straightforward question. I want to know what active MLB player is the oldest player to win rookie of the year? Active. So what player still in the league won the rookie of the year the longest ago, I guess? The longest ago or the oldest player? It, well, here, here's how it was worded. Who's the oldest rookie of the year winner still playing Major League Baseball? Who's the oldest? Okay. That's probably worded better. I tried to word it more properly, but I think I screwed okay. it up. So. All right. Don't uh, have a guess. but uh, <laughs> Well, you should by the end of the pod. That's all that matters. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> your bogey is brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located 703. Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. Uh, the, tonight is pizza night. Dill pickle pizza. This twist on pizza features a garlic parmesan base topped with chopped dill pickle, bacon, mozzarella, and parmesan cheeses. Call and order to go. I love myself some pizza. I do too. Big, big fan of the za. What's your favorite pizza place in Fort Wayne? Mm, probably a. Uh... Place well, it's it's a place that's split owners now. Three fires, eight hundred degrees. So one of those two, even though they're the exact same pizza, pretty much. So gotcha. they used to be all in one split. So now they no have two different ads. locations, two different names. But yeah, no free ads. No but free ads. Uh, I know you're a big fan of the meats pizza. So wherever you can get a good meat pizza, right up your alley. Big fan of the meat. Shout out Aurelio's here in uh, New Lenox, Illinois. It's my it top. Is, it's my top dog. That's the one we had at your bachelor party. It is. It oh, is. Yourself. Yeah. Multiple Good. times. We had it multiple times. Yeah, back to back nights. That's when uh, you know I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a uh, <clears throat> true Chicagoan. Not that I live in Chicago. I live about twenty five ish miles enough. outside the city. That uh, I more like the tavern style pizza than the deep dish. Oh. I'm not a big deep dish guy. Uh, no. There's a famous place in Fort Wayne called Ollie's who they do. I mean, their deep dish is good, but I I just don't like getting full off one or two pieces of pizza. Yeah. Give me, give me I'm more. I like the more thin style. I like <clears throat> the little squares. No, those good too. Like the, the St. Louis style, the cracker, the cracker no. type pieces. No, no. Hate St. Louis style pizza. Oh. Well, I don't know what you're talking about then. Just 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 the squares like Pizza King, you know. That's what I thought St. Louis style was. No, St. Louis style is the crust, which is a cracker-ish crust. 
Okay. Well, I, I, I should know better than to get into pizza arguments with you. So that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's, but uh, what, what a way to start the show getting down a pizza rabbit hole. I love it. I love it. I love it. But uh, why don't we start off with some baseball talk? Haven't yes. had that in a while. Yeah. Um, spring training is underway, underway. and yeah. your uh, favorite team, the Chicago Cubs, uh, were in the headlines over the weekend. Finally, um, Cody Bellinger finally signed with the team, and it happened to be the Chicago Cubs with a uh, very team-friendly deal. <clears throat> I don't think he had too many other suitors out there. And once again, Scott Boris kind of hurts his client, uh, thinking his uh, market's going to be a lot better than it actually is. I mean, there are reports he was wanting $250 million, uh, $200 million, Um and no team was going to give him that. <clears throat> he had a fantastic year last year. He's one of just four players to hit uh, over 300 with 20 homers, 20 steals, along with Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna Jr., and I can't remember the last guy, the other guy who did it. But uh, pretty good company there. <clears throat> His batted ball data is not that great, <clears throat> which is probably what scared some teams off. Um, His soft contact was up. His exit velocity was down. However, he cut his, he cut his strikeout rate down by 12%. Um, and obviously he was super productive <clears throat> while doing that. So I think uh, his adjustments he made will continue to take hold, and um, they absolutely had to get it done. There was a major void in the middle of that lineup um, without Cody Bellinger, and uh, now he's back. So <clears throat> after looking like a very disappointing offseason, it turned out to be a pretty good offseason for the Cubs, and it really was dependent on Cody Bellinger the entire time, and now they are the betting favorite uh, to win the NL Central. Uh, this year because DNL Central is pretty bad, uh, to be honest. So um, good thing they got it done. Three-year deal uh, worth $80 million. He has an opt-out after year one and year two. So if he has a great year this year, he can opt out. And uh, I I hope that happens. That means they uh, had a great year and the Cubs probably did pretty well. So off-season's coming to a close. I would say the Cubs probably aren't in the market for another big name. There are a few out there that they've been mentioned with. Matt Chapman. Uh, being one third baseman, J.D. Martinez, with the uh, D.H. for you. Uh, but uh, Cody Bellinger, Shota Imanaga, um, pitcher from Japan, Hector Neris in the bullpen, um, Michael Bush, a trade with the uh, Dodgers. So, uh, yeah, pretty good offseason after uh, all the flack that I was giving Jed Hoyer and the majority of the Cubs fan base was giving Jed Hoyer. Um, Jed likes to work in silence. I mean, <clears throat> we saw that with uh, the Craig Council deal. And Craig Council, you got to throw him into that offseason too. Uh, he's a massive upgrade over David Ross, even just hearing some of his con- uh, his comments so far in the first few days of camp. It's a breath of fresh air having Council there. As much as I hated him in Milwaukee, I'm glad he's on my side now. Um, so I'm already sick of spring training, and we're only four days in, four <laughs> games in, so uh, ready for the season to start. But got about a month until that happens. So, um yeah, feeling feeling pretty good um, about the direction. Um, well, that's probably a good thing considering one of your bull one of your twenty four bull predictions for twenty twenty four was the Cubs finishing last in NL yeah. Central. So. Yeah, that uh, that that was a very grumpy J man uh, who uh, <laughs> on the right day. Who was yeah caught caught me on the right or wrong day or uh, right or wrong day. Yeah, however you want to <laughs> describe it, but uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, it, it feels like baseball weather out, as I said, but uh, it does. we're still in the heat, the stretch run of the college basketball season. Nope. Um, yep. For like the past two weeks, I thought this was the final week of the season. And then I realized, oh, the Big Ten tournament is not for another two weeks. For some reason, I thought yep. it was uh, March, whatever, 6th through the 10th. But uh, got two uh, more weeks. Yeah, it's, it's um, winding down the college basketball season is but like you said baseball it's feeling like spring out and spring training has begun i was in florida last week and of course a lot of teams play down there in the grapefruit league um so it was interesting visited a couple areas where um certain teams are located for spring training it's just kind of cool to see those communities have you know uh marketing banners out for the team and different thing i was wondering you know i wonder how what how much revenue these teams bring into some of these communities. Probably not as much as they used to at one time. Right. But probably pretty significant. Yeah. And uh, I mean, especially it coincides with spring break. So that helps as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem with Florida is a lot of teams are moving out of Florida and going to uh, Arizona. 
Right. You know, we've right. seen that with the Dodgers and <clears throat> a couple other teams, and there's not too many teams left. So uh, I, I don't know what that is. The weather's better in Arizona. Uh, you don't have to deal with rain like you do in Florida. But uh, I'm I'm sure it helps those towns out quite a bit. I mean, we always heard about Dodger Town, which I think was Vero Beach. Uh, of course, they're in Arizona now, so that hurts them. But yep. uh, the, the Mets are still down there, Red Sox, Yankees. Um, yep, Yankees are in Tampa. We were we spent a good majority of one day in Dunedin where the Toronto Blue Jays play. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool, walking around there and seeing Vlad Guerrero Jr. stuff all over. And a few. Of the, and I was it was funny because right when we got to Dunedin, I didn't realize the Blue Jays played there. I just was oblivious. And I'm like, but before I saw the banners and everything, I'm like, why am I seeing cars with Buffalo Bill stuff all over it. <laughs> then I saw the Blue Jays. I'm like, ah, there it is. Yeah. There it is. I, I tell you, I've been to spring training in Mesa, Arizona twice, and it has been, I think, my favorite vacations of my entire life. Yep. So it's a good time. My dad and I went to three or four games. My mom and sister yep. hung at the pool, and hmm. it was the best of both worlds. <clears throat> I used to go to quite a few spring training games, elementary school and, and middle school, when we used to go to Florida every year for spring break. I think I saw I saw the Yankees in Tampa, saw the Rays at that time in St. Pete. They've moved their spring training elsewhere since. Mm-hmm. Um, saw the Phillies in Clearwater, saw the Reds in Sarasota. Uh, I think I'm forgetting. I don't think I ever saw the Tigers in Lakeland, Bike. I might have. Um, I think I saw the Tigers at Phillies in Clearwater. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. nonetheless, uh, baseball season will be here before we know it. Yeah regular season but as you said we got a lot of meaningful college basketball still going on so let's let's jump right into some college hoops talk um man it's it, like i said like we said earlier it's been three weeks since you and i have done a podcast together and a lot has changed yeah around the world of college basketball and in the big 10 i mean Purdue's played four games since i i didn't my last episode of the tana j bed show and they went three and one of those games as well getting upset at ohio state who starting to make uh a little story for themselves all of a sudden in the late, not that they're going to make the NCAA tournament or even the NIT probably, but interesting what the Buckeyes have been doing lately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they played, obviously they played well against uh, <clears throat> Purdue and then um, going on the road yesterday and hitting a buzzer beater in Michigan state. You know, I didn't watch that until about the final 30 seconds. I kept checking. Uh, Michigan state up eight, Michigan state up six. Then all of a sudden I see it's a three point game and I have to go turn it on. And, um, Michigan State's starting to free fall a little bit. I mean, that's two home losses in a week. When's the last time that's happened uh, for Michigan? Probably been a while. But uh, Jake Diebler doing a heck of a job there, keeping the team together for one, especially after firing Chris Holtman. Um, and uh, he's making a case maybe not to take the Ohio State job, but maybe a mid-major or low-major will come uh, calling and seeing the work he's done. <clears throat> I know his alma mater, Valparaiso, only has six wins this They're year. Terrible. So I don't know. <laughs> It's Roger Powell's first year there, so <clears throat> okay. He, uh, I was just gonna say I don't know who the coach is or anything. So yeah, he he lost uh, Cricky, who's at Iowa, um, and lost a few other transfers. Um, so he's just trying to rebuild there. Uh, of course, Roger Powell was an assistant under Bryce Drew, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be tough though in the world of NIL for a lot of these teams yeah. to uh, turn it around without losing guys. So. Especially um, at that level. But I, I do have a quick trivia question for you. And this comes from my wife. She asked me last night. I didn't know the answer. I actually got it wrong. I had to look it up. Who is the only winless team in college basketball? Um, I just saw this the other day. Uh, Detroit just beat IUPUI. They were winless yes. a week Correct. or two ago. Um, I literally just saw this. Isn't it like um, Texas of Arlington or something like that? I don't think they have many, but they're n- they're not the team that's winless. It's gonna make me mad when I hear it. Mississippi Valley State. Yep, that makes me mad. Jerry Rice alma mater. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, you look at the low majors; it's tough to win these days. Um, but then then you look at a team like McNeese State, who I believe Will Wade's there. Um, yeah, heck of a basketball because I think they only have two losses, two or three losses. So, yep, yep. So, it's 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 been a crazy basketball season. Um, going back to Big Ten talk, uh, Purdue's got some cushion in the Big Ten now. Um, thanks to Penn State's upset over Illinois, um, away from the Bryce Jordan Center, uh, which was weird. I mean, we've seen him play in the 
in other gyms before, but I don't ever remember seeing them play in that little gym. Yeah, after they haven't played there since they played a non-conference game there in 2015. That was their first Big Ten game there since January of '96. Um, and Brad Underwood said it was the loudest venue they've played in this year, including sure. Mackey Arena, which is crazy. Sure. But sure. Um, not fair. I'm gonna say it. That ain't fair. Now uh, they they were up ten with two minutes and twenty seconds left. Up seven with the ball with forty seconds left. Yeah. Um. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh. Yeah. Purdue. Purdue had to do that at Penn State last. Not that tiny of an arena, but the the um, <clears throat> Palestra. Oh yeah. 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 Playing last year, so I, I think the Penn State's gonna start doing that. They should once a year for one of their bigger games. Honestly, tear Bryce Jordan down and just play there. I think they'd have fan support, mm. and it, yeah. it, it was a cool little gym. Uh, yeah. Obviously, very loud. I think the shooting background was tough, even though I say that. And Penn State scored ninety and Illinois eighty nine, but uh, both teams missed a ton of free throws. Um, it was it, it was a cool atmosphere. I, I mean, I knew Penn State would punch him in the mouth. Was not anticipating Illinois blowing a 10-point lead, but they did that same exact thing against Nebraska. They just found a way to force overtime and win. Yeah. Um, so they've had issues issues closing the game. Um, <laughs> every time Colin Hawkins starts talking trash on Twitter, he plays the worst game of his season, uh, which is what he did um, at Penn State, where he scored nine points, turned it over five times, missed two free throws. He's an 82% free throw shooter. Yeah. Missed two free throws in 19 seconds left when they were up two, and then fouled the three-point shooter. Uh, which cost him the game. So it was it was probably the worst game he played since probably his sophomore year. Then he followed it up with a 30-burger, and he had five assists, five rebounds, a couple blocks against uh, um, Iowa. So he followed it up pretty well. But uh, every single time he gets on Twitter, he has the worst game, and they end up losing. So I'm, I I think he might have deleted Twitter. He, he said he deleted some apps after the Penn State, yeah. which he should. I, I maybe shot him. I maybe shot him a tweet after the Penn State game. No, I saw it. <laughs> I, I – I, I I couldn't help myself. I couldn't. He's, he he's become a villain uh, for a couple. Fans. He really has. He uh, really has. Yeah. For for, for yeah. a guy that this is the first year. He's just, it, now it's a, it's a testament to player development and sticking around because I mean he was on that loaded 2020-2021 team. <clears throat> he played about every game except one. Didn't play many minutes though. Stuck it out. Became a decent piece. The next year, then became a 30-minute-a-game guy last year. Now he's become a really, really good Big Ten basketball player. Um, so he's he's one of the few that stuck around for four years, yep. especially a guy who's from California, um, and his family still lives out there. So uh, it's it's been pretty cool to see his development, but he's definitely he's, – he's made Purdue fans mad, Indiana fans hate him, Maryland fans hate him now. Um, so there have been uh, – Maryland fans hate everybody. <laughs> that's a good point. They do. <clears throat> they were so mad at him um, <laughs> after Elmo went in there and went one. I, I, did you see what he did? I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm. So um, Maryland, it was free T-shirt day. So a bunch of people showed up, got a free Maryland T-shirt and all that. And after the game, after they won, Hawkins said, "Yeah, there's usually like a thousand people in here, and uh, they they gave they they gave away the free T-shirts, and now it's a sellout. And you can clearly see under a zip up that he had one of the T-shirts on." And then he was on the team plane and somebody videoed him wearing the shirt and he was going like that. So that made a lot of Maryland fans mad. I don't feel bad for Maryland fans because Maryland fans were throwing uh, pieces of fried chicken at uh, the Illinois bench. So uh, they, they got what was coming to them. They're a pretty mean fan base. Yeah. They really are. They really fan base are. that doesn't really show up until there's a big game. Uh, looking at the Big Ten standings right now, Purdue is leading the way 14-3 in the conference. They can wrap up a tie. Well, at least they share of the Big Ten by beating Michigan State at home Saturday night. Then next week they travel to Champaign and host Wisconsin on Senior Day. Illinois is uh, two games back, eleven and five. Then Northwestern and and Wisconsin are tied record wise, but Northwestern has the tiebreaker there. It looks like at ten and six. Uh, Nebraska is in fifth place, ten and seven. Then Michigan State is in sixth at nine and eight. Minnesota seventh at eight and eight. Iowa eighth at eight and nine, Penn State ninth at eight and nine, Maryland tenth at seven and ten, Indiana eleventh at six and ten, Rutgers thirteenth six and ten, Ohio State or Rutgers twelfth, excuse me, Ohio State thirteenth at six and eleven, and Michigan does at the very bottom three and fourteen. <laughs> no Michigan. Yep. So so if the season ended 
today, the four teams with double bye would be Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern, and Wisconsin. Um, it's pretty crazy. You know, the Big Ten tournament did not happen in, in 2020, but Purdue was not going to have the double bye. They were they were the 10th seed, I believe, that you're going to play the 7th seeded Ohio State Buckeyes, if I remember correctly. But every other year, they have got the double bye since it became a thing. It's crazy. When did it crazy. I think I think it's been going for ten years. Oh man! So, Every so other I think, year, I think two thousand fifth, yeah, two thousand fifteen would have been the start of it, I guess. So, okay. yeah, yeah, they they. I mean, <clears throat> but once again, for Purdue, all it, it comes down to March. That's yep. that's what it is, and that's a testimony to it right there because they've been as good as good can be in regular season most years, but just gotta gotta get done in March this year and. um they they gotta get a little sharper on defense. They struggled on defense yesterday against Michigan. Um, not so much against Rutgers, but Rutgers can't score against anybody. They can't score but their offense has been grooving the last two games. <clears throat> it wasn't so much in Columbus, but Columbus was more this as the, of the same. Just like when they lost in Lincoln, lost in Evanston, it was turnovers. Mm-hmm. Purdue, if you get Purdue turn it over fifteen ish times, you got a pretty decent shot of beating them. Um, especially if they're not hitting the shots. Um, but yesterday in Michigan, they were hitting shots. Uh, not not a high clip from three-point range, but they were killing Michigan on the boards. And Zach Eady had 35 points, I think 15 rebounds. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> once again. Um, he is officially, which nobody thought he would be coming back, but Matt Painter was on a podcast today with John Rosting and said he is not coming back next year. Yeah. Um, I guess some people thought, you never know with NIL, but he is – because cause imagine if he did, and if he not and say he, for whatever reason, didn't want to stay at Purdue and would put his name out in the portal, oh, imagine man. how much money would be coming his way. Oh, man. <laughs> it would have been stupid. He didn't uh, up at BYU like Matt Harms did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God Matt Harms did, or Zach Eady would have Richard his freshman yeah. year. Yeah. So um, he's playing well. Braden Smith's been playing well. A uh, guy at Purdue's got to get going is Fletcher Lawyer. He kind of hit a wall. This time last year, he hit a few shots in the second half yesterday, ended up with nine points. So it was nice to see him hit two jumpers in the second half. Because, um, you know, he's a guy he shoots the second highest free throw percentage on the team. He has the second most free throw attempts out of everybody on the team, which is kind of surprising. Uh, but they got to get him going. Uh, but luckily, they're deep enough that other guys can step up. I mean, Camden Heidi had his career game against Rutgers, which was nice to see earlier in the week. So I don't know. Maybe it's I'm just being a way too optimistic Purdue fan, but this Purdue team just feels different than the teams of the last few years. And if I would be very surprised if they didn't get out of the first weekend this year. Um, yeah, that would be uh, devastating. It would be devastating. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of Purdue fans, it's going to be devastating if they don't at least make the Final Four. But you get into that second weekend when Sweet Sixteen, you well, you don't. You never know in any of the rounds of the tournament, especially you get second week in the Sweet Sixteen. Usually, it's pretty good teams remaining. It can really be a crapshoot, but this is definitely probably Purdue's best chance since For Matt sure. got there at least to get to the yeah. Final Four. So. I yeah. Would, would you say Final Four or bust? Yeah, I'm right on the edge. I'd say, I'd say probably. Yeah. yeah, especially if you get the one seed in the Midwest. Yeah. The is there a one team you're like I do not want to play even even if they're a one seed. Um I mean, UConn, but if that happens it's probably in the final four of the championship right. and Houston the new number one ranked team just cuz their athleticism, but athletic teams don't scare me as much as they used to with yeah. this Purdue team cuz Purdue's beat Tennessee, Alabama, Arizona, some other athletic teams. Rematch against Arizona might not be that fun, especially if it's in Phoenix. Um but really, I would take. I'll, sure. I, I'm tired of the Purdue fan mentality of being scared, and I just want to be confident and bring on whoever. There's, there's no reason not to be confident at this point. I mean, what, what, yeah. what more do they have to do to prove to you? Um, obviously, the lingering effects of the Fairleigh Dickinson's loss is going to hang in the back sure. of people's minds, but. Sure. Uh, I mean, they got their entire team back. They're a year older. They didn't have this Braden Smith last year. They didn't have Lance um, Jones. Didn't have Lance Jones. Um, yeah. I mean, Gillis is shooting 50% from three. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have decent depth. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, the one team that would scare me the most is probably Houston because of how good yeah. defensively they are. 
Mm. Um, they they could really cause some havoc and force turnovers too, as yeah. you said. But but like I like I said, I think it, you know if they see Houston, it's going to be in the five or national championship. Right. And sign me up for that all day long. Right. Absolutely. So, yep. Uh, but but I mean, I expect an absolute dogfight in Champaign next week. I'm not looking forward to that. Mm. Outside of Illinois, nobody else in the tournament would really scare me to run into. I mean, I know John Beeline thinks this Nebraska team could be like his 2018 Michigan team and make the championship, but I'm like, they've won like one road game there, John. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Get away from Pinnacle Arena, even in the NCAA tournament, they're probably not going to be the same team. Yeah, or any neutral court, they're not going to be the same team. Um, they, they They are lights out at Pinnacle, though. It's pretty impressive. Oh, they are. They are. Um, but, um, yeah, they ha- they haven't won the ro- – I mean, they, they did have a good road win. I don't care how bad Indiana is. Going in there and winning is tough. It is tough. Um, and they blew them out, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, give them credit for that one. But um, their other tests against good teams have failed miserably. So Yeah, Indiana's free-falling right now really bad. It um, sure feels like Woody's gone. Um, it does. Uh it, it feels like it's maybe going in that direction. It'd be a $12.6 million buyout, which I I don't know if they're still paying Archie's buyout or not. I doubt it. Three years in, but I don't yeah. know. Uh, Tom Allen, of course, they paid his buyouts. And he would be paid a lot of buyouts, but that <laughs> yeah. they got the booster money. They can do that. Um, I don't know who they go after. Maybe Dusty May, but some people think the shine's worn off him a little bit. I agree. I don't think they've been that good this year. Um that's that team to me, FAU looks like a team that's ready for March Madness and they're sleeping through the regular season, which is dangerous because they were awfully lucky to get past Memphis last year in NCAA tournament. Very in the first lucky. round. Yeah. Um, and if if they weren't FAU and just because they got everyone back from that final four team, I don't even think they'd be in the NCAA tournament. It's just the name factor at this point, which I don't think is right. right. I mean, they, they they have losses to Bryant, um, Charlotte, um, UAB, so it's not like they've beaten anyone great. I mean, they had a really good um, neutral court win against Arizona, and that's kind of their saving grace at this point. But I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Like, if I'm IU fans, I don't have faith that the AD can make a good coaching hire because he keeps whiffing. Maybe this is the time Alford gets his shot. He's done a great would job do, at Nevada. Would, would, would they do that, though, for back-to-back former IU players? The thing about Alford, though, at least this guy has head coaching experience yeah. at the college level. Um, yeah. He has 11 seasons of 20 or more wins. Yeah. He hasn't done great at the high major level. He's done pretty well, uh, but he's he's done great in the Mountain West with New Mexico and Nevada. He has. Um, and he, he had some decent years at Iowa, decent years at UCLA. Um, maybe this is the time he needs to come back. Maybe. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I he'll get the support. I don't know if uh... – I don't know. It's tough when you hire a legend, and he is a legend. I don't think Mike yeah. Woodson's necessarily a legend. A good, good IU player was in the NBA. He but he played almost too long ago. Which, which yeah. I mean, Alford played in the eighties. That was forty years yeah. ago now. So yeah, yeah, and that's the last time they won a championship. Um, the thing about Alford, though, in the state of Indiana, still has that like heightened yeah. sense of people absolutely love him. Where yeah, I, it would have to be it would have to be parents because I don't think high school kids. No, care no, less. no, yeah, yeah. High school kids couldn't care less. Probably don't know who he is. But. Probably not even there. Some of their parents, probably their grandparents. <laughs> That's a good point. At this point, I mean, it's it's crazy to me. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I think we've <laughs> talked about this before. I don't think Bob Knight, Gene Cady, Lou Henson, some of these coaches who were really good back in the day, I don't think they would do well in this no. day's day and age college basketball. Not just because of NIL, but because how our world's changed mm-hmm. over the years, cultures changed. Okay. I. I don't think, you know, and and maybe that's something Indiana fans need to kind of realize is you're not going to get a Bob Knight walking through the door. Yeah. There's probably – there's never going to be another Bob Knight. Mm-mm. Never going to be another Gene Cady. No, no. Yeah. And it's – you know, in, in, in kind of the last of that guard, so to speak, and a guy who's no doubt going to be on the Mount Rushmore of Big Ten coaches when he's all said and done, Tom Izzo, we're starting to see him struggle. Absolutely. He, yeah, he refuses to use the transfer portal. Hates uh-huh. it. Refuses it. And look look, look at his front court right now. It's terrible. Uh-huh. Carson Cooper and uh, you have uh, Sissico and Xavier Booker, who's been terrible. 
Um, yeah, you think uh, I, I hope because this is Purdue's one and only time they play Michigan State this year. I hope he sticks with the strategy he normally does against Purdue and uh, just goes one on one with Zach Eady. And I hope Zach put up 40 yeah. Saturday night. Stubborn. <laughs> the old guy's stubborn. And again, yeah, as, as we said, I mean, they came in the year ranked fourth, which I thought was, we both thought was preposterous yep. uh, to begin with. Um, they haven't been that good. I mean, they were for the, they were a play in game in 2021 uh, where they ended up losing to UCLA 2022. I don't remember. Um, last year they weren't that great this year. They're not that good. And they're creeping towards the bubble. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they have lost to James Madison at home. James Madison's good, but you shouldn't lose to James Madison at home. Uh, they're saving grace right now is Illinois again, blowing a seven point lead late and losing to them. And they um, beat uh, Baylor in a neutral, neutral fight in Detroit. Killed them. Killed Baylor. That too. But, uh, yeah, they have home losses to Wisconsin, Iowa, and uh, a bad Ohio State team. I- Iowa and Ohio State, neither team's going to make the NCAA tournament. And you lost them at home. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. So it'll be interesting. It's just, yeah, it's 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 going to be an interesting offseason for a lot of Big Ten teams, I think. Oh, for sure. And the new one's coming in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet today from an Oregon fan account said, which Big Ten fan base is already annoying you? <laughs> um, and I, I think it was Ant Wright said, no one can prepare the Oregon fan base for the Illinois fan base. The Illinois fan base is mean. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I cannot stand Oregon, Washington, UCLA, or USC at this point. So, And Bronny James is probably going to be back. So. <laughs> I think that's fine by me. Let yeah. him come back. Yeah. Let him come in the Big Ten. That's completely fine by me. But that's a, yeah, that's going to be interesting once we get into our college football talk in the fall about talking about these new Big Ten teams and then then how they fit in basketball too. That's yeah. gonna be gonna be wild. Gonna be wild. But uh, let's look around the Big Ten and around the country uh, at some games. Well, before I do that, I want to bring up. Forgot to bring this up. So court court storming. Do you like it? Are you against it? How do you feel about court storming? Um, actually, a lot of the court storming stuff is in my pick six. So can we wait uh, to do that uh, after mm-hmm. we pick games? Yes, we can. Yes, I we have can. one, two, three, like four court storming things. Okay. On so all right, that's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll start with the Big Ten. Uh, tomorrow night we have two games: Wisconsin at Indiana. Wisconsin's a four and a half point favorite. Um. Wisconsin's kind of free falling a little bit. Um, however, I think Indiana has given up, and uh, I think Wisconsin gets in, goes in there, and gets it done. I can't disagree with what you said, but something for some reason I'm taking IU in a close game. I don't know why. I mean, I, but I, I picked IU against Nebraska, so yeah. I could absolutely see it happening. Um, Indiana's guard play is so bad, though. So it's not bad. good. It's not good. Penn State at Iowa. I was seven and a half point favorite. Um, Penn State's a dangerous team. Iowa's a dangerous team right now, too. Iowa was red hot coming into Champaign and got themselves kind of back into the conversation. Um, man, probably Iowa at home. Iowa shoots the ball really well at home. Um, so give me a, give, give me the Hawks. Yeah, I'm taking the Hawkeyes as well. Wednesday night, two games, Northwestern at Maryland. Uh, give me Maryland. Uh, no, uh, Ty Berry for Northwestern for the rest of the year. Um, I think I just think Maryland's been playing a little better, um, so give me uh, Maryland at home. I'll take Northwestern just to differ, and then Minnesota at Illinois. Um, Illinois after that implosion, uh, good mental toughness to bounce back um, against Iowa at home. Brad Underwood did an entire line change two minutes into the second half that. because his uh, <laughs> team settled for four threes, missed them all. Um, didn't hustle for a loose. Uh, Loose ball, Iowa got it, then got gave up an offensive rebound. Put in Nico Moretti, Luke Goody, Justin Harmon, Amani Hansberry, um, Dane Danger. And, uh, you know, they didn't go on a long run, but they held serve and tied Iowa during that four-minute stretch at 8-8. Eight to eight. And uh, Nico Moretti stayed in the rest of the game. Hadn't hit a shot uh, since at Michigan in early January. Had not attempted a three-pointer all year. And uh, he hit two of them, and he ended up having nine points. So, uh Credit Illinois for um, sticking together because that implosion could uh, could have spiraled the season, and I'm very glad. So um, Illinois has now won 20 wins uh, for five straight seasons and 10 Big Ten 
uh, have 10 Big Ten wins uh, for five straight seasons. Uh, Underwood's only the second coach in Illinois history with 20 uh, wins in five straight years. Lou Henson be the other one. Um, but uh, all that being said, give me Illinois. I know. Yeah, I'm taking Illinois home. I think they went pretty comfortably there. But uh, Minnesota's getting better. Yeah. Um, Thursday night, Nebraska at Ohio State. Um, Ohio State, as we said, playing better. Um, Nebraska needs a road win. I think Nebraska gets it done. I'll take the Buckeyes. Uh, I know Nebraska got done in Assembly Hall last week, but I don't know. Ohio State, not, like I said, I don't think it's going to mean anything in the long run, but they're playing with more confidence, and they got talent, so that can be a dangerous thing. Michigan at Rutgers. Uh, Michigan's one of the bottom probably five to, five to ten Big Ten teams we've seen over the last ten years, and they're playing without um, their big guy in, in Kamwa, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Doug McDaniel's suspension over? I don't care enough about Michigan to even look it up. Uh, I assume I'm assuming they've played six road games since. Have that, to have. So. Um, I don't think it. Eh, Rutgers is bad too, but give me Rutgers at Jersey Mike's. I'm taking Rutgers as well, even though they can't score. Uh, Saturday, one o'clock. Uh, I'm surprised this is a Big Ten game, a Big Ten Network game. I thought it'd be a more national game. Illinois at Wisconsin. Uh, Illinois won three straight in Wisconsin. I think they make it four. Give me the Illini. I would take Illinois as well, but uh, sorry, Jamin, I will be rooting pretty heavy for Wisconsin on that <laughs> one because that that means Purdue could wrap up a big the Big Ten title outright with a win Saturday night. I, uh, I Pins- prefer uh, Purdue just wrap it up before Tuesday. To be honest. <laughs> Penn State at Minnesota. Uh, give me Minnesota at home. I will take the Golden Gophers as well. Iowa at Northwestern. Iowa can't play defense. Uh, give me Northwestern. Taking the Wildcats as well. Then 8 o'clock on Fox, Michigan State at Purdue. Tickets as low as $235. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. This will be the J-Man's book of prediction of the week. I think Purdue wins by at least 20. That's just my I hope you're right. When's the last time Michigan State went in there and won? It's been years, right? It's it, they they got a little nice streak going against them, that's for sure. Yeah, um, this is Michigan State's, and this is a okay Michigan State team, I guess, but it's not Michigan State team of old with Cassius Winston and those guys. Um, that Michigan State doesn't have the front court to get it done. Tyson Walker could keep them in it for a little while, but I just don't think they have enough. So uh, Purdue by twenty or more. J-Man's Book Bridge of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for Life Home Auto, Business, Renters, Workers' Comp, and Farm Insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. I am taking the Boilers as well, but I'm not going to say by 20 or more or anything like that. But I think they went by double digits. You spent all that time talking about being confident with Purdue, Tanner. Oh, I'm still dis- confident they're going to win. I'm not nervous. Me. I'm not nervous about them losing. It'll be interesting given that neither team plays any other additional games this week, but um, it is what it is. Sunday, Indiana at Maryland. Uh, Give me Maryland. I'm taking Maryland as well. Michigan. Yes, sir. I'm sure they thought that was going to be a lot better. Oh, boy. Uh, Michigan at Ohio State. That's also a CBS, sir. Give me me Ohio State in that one. Yeah, I I think uh, Buckeyes get two this week. I'm taking Ohio State and Rutgers at Nebraska. I mean, Nebraska, they win both this uh, week. They'll have 22 wins. It's pretty impressive what Fred Hoiberg's done out there this year. Uh, I'm taking the Cornhuskers as well. Top 25. Let's see if we got any good ones. Uh, tomorrow night, number 25, BYU at number nine, Kansas. Give me Kansas. Kansas not losing at uh, whatever their arena is called. Fog Allen. Fog Allen. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas as well. Um Looking for ranked against ranked matchups here. Uh, Wednesday night, number 14, Auburn at number five, Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. I am taking the Volunteers as well. Uh, number 20, South Carolina at Texas A&M. I know A&M is not ranked, but that's an interesting one. Yeah, A&M is somehow still hanging on to a uh, tourney bid, according to um, Joe Lenardi, as of yeah. Friday's last time I saw. South Carolina has kind of woken up a little bit. I think, still think they're pretty solid. Um, Texas A&M needs to get this one done at home if they want to make the tourney. They have five quad three losses, but they have six quad one wins. So it's the weird. It's an interesting resume. Um, give me Buzz Buzz Williams. I'm taking Buzz and the Aggies as well. That'll make a friend of the podcast Cameron Screeton real happy when he listens to this. Uh, number thirteen Alabama at Ole Miss. 
Alabama can score points, but they can give up points with the best of them. Um, I I think they get it done though on the road. I'll take Chris Beard and the and the Rebels. Uh, Saturday, number twenty four, Florida. They're starting to play some good basketball at number twenty, South Carolina. Give me South Carolina at home. I'll take the Gamecocks as well. Number nine, Kansas at number eleven, Baylor. Man, Baylor come off a tough overtime loss to Houston. Um, Kansas has not played that well away from Fog Allen, it feels like. So give me Baylor in that one. I'm taking the Bears as well. Number seven, Marquette at number 15, Creighton. Creighton coming off a whooping over the weekend to uh, St. John's. St. John's Uh, and Rick Pitino's white suit. Creighton is up and down, up and down. I mean, they blow out number one UConn, then get whooped by uh, unranked St. John's. Uh, give me Tyler Kolek and the boys there. Marquette gets it done. I will take Creighton in this one. Uh, here's my upset pick. I'm taking UCF at home over number six, Iowa State. Central Florida's, uh, I mean, they've already upset Kansas. I think they have a few other ranked wins as well. They're 14 and 12, but they um, they, they seem to they built, they've beat some ranked teams. I like it. Um, number five, Tennessee at number 13, Alabama. That's where game day is going. Man, two con- contrasting styles. Tennessee plays fantastic defense. Alabama likes to run and gun. Um, I think good offense beats good defense every day of the week. Give me Alabama. I will take Alabama at home. And I knew Purdue wasn't going to get game day, but it still ir- irks me that since game day became a thing in 05, Purdue's had it one time in 2011. It yeah. just irks me. I don't know. When a program like Notre Dame's had like four times. Game day was still a thing in college. They just won't. I don't think they'll go to Big Ten venues because of the ESPN Big Ten thing. Yeah, they definitely probably won't now. Um, Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Gonzaga has to have it. Has to have it, and I don't think they get it. Give me St. Mary's, and I think Gonzaga really needs to win the WAC. WAC or WCC? WCC. WCC. I will take the Gales as well over the Zags. So. Should be a fun week of college basketball. Pick six time, as I said, a lot of court storming stuff, but I'm going to start this off with a baseball one, actually. Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, yeah. Uh, solid player for years. Um, I was real intrigued if the Cubs didn't re-sign him where he might might have ended up. Yeah. Um, I think he would end up in a team with, in the big markets. But um, I, I figured the Cubs would get a deal done with them all along. So good yeah. for both sides. They they had to. And honestly, I think the Cubs were kind of negotiating against themselves. I don't know if his, he had any other real suitors out there. Unless they right. were going to jump in real late. But uh, yeah. Um, court storming as a whole. All right. I'm, I'm all for college kids having their fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always wanted to do a court storming in college, but we – Never would have, even even if we would have said some, because that's just a pain crew rule. We expect to win home games, even when Purdue was awful. It's also um, real tough uh, at Mackey Arena. Get to jumping get down too. Yeah. yeah, that's real, real tough. Um, I'm all for course storing being allowed, but there needs to be changes. Wait, some I don't know how you police it. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. Wait till all the players are off the floor. Wait yeah. 10, 15 seconds till they're all off the floor. Then go have your fun. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter suggest put a 30-second countdown like on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Once that hits zero, play yeah. uh, team can or uh, fans can run on the yes. court. Um, you can even have, I mean, if, if you want the winning team, the home team out yes. there with them, keep them out there. Yes. Get the get the road team off. That's exactly what Brad the moment Justin Harmon missed that layup. Um at Penn State, Underwood grabbed his guys and they got the heck mm-hmm. out of there because they knew mm-hmm. it was going to happen. Um, Which is hard to do. It's hard to do. But, very hard um, to do. But yeah. Very hard to yeah. do. Um, Kyle Filipowski. I mean, he's Duke's golden boy right now. He's their one. He's their main dude. Um, so, you know, I was watching the game live when it happened and I, I couldn't tell it was him. But my dad and I watched it. And I was like, oh, oh, my gosh. Somebody on Duke's like on the ground. They, they need to get him out. I thought he fell because you could just see him kind of disappear. Um, and then, you know, he's hobbling, and they're helping him off, and Shire's mad. Duke players and assistant coaches are yelling. I'm like, right there, I turn my dad. I'm like, that's going to make the change for everything. Because yep. Duke, who is kind of the like him, love him, hate him, can't stand him, whatever, they're kind of the team that when you think of college basketball, you think of yep. Duke or one of the teams. And Filipowski being their main guy, I'm like, this is what needed to happen to make some changes, but I don't know if those changes are going to happen. I mean, Matt Painter has been harping on it since January and it, it's not just for the players, it's for the fans too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this keeps happening, a fan's going to get punched. 
one of these days. <laughs> no, then there's sure. going to be lawsuits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very thankful that Purdue's lone road game left at Illinois. And if Illinois beats Purdue, they're not going to rush the court. No, right, right. Because my fear is like, what if six guys went after Zach Eady's legs or something? Yeah. Uh, I don't exactly. you just never know. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy in football too, but we don't really see people get hurt too often in the football ones. Um, I don't like what Jay Billis said though today about uh, arresting people. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get off the court. I think that's a little too yeah. far, but uh Something's got to be done. Do you, do you think, Philip? I, I mean, it's so hard for the players <clears throat> to say, well, the players just need to sprint off. Well, then you're running full speed at people who are running full speed. Yeah, you don't want to um, hurt anybody else. You want to yeah. protect yourself. And I know he kind of lowered his shoulder, but I think he saw somebody coming at him. He's kind of yeah. trying to protect himself, and then he got trampled. His, yeah, his, so his, it was his, a little different than Caitlin Clark's. He, people were saying he tripped the guy on purpose. I think he was just trying to protect himself. Yeah, right. So I mean, because um, that would be scary. Yeah, you you can very clearly see the guy behind him trying to push him anyway. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, my next one's actually Jay Billis because of his comments. Well, Jay Billis is a guy I used to really like in college basketball, and every year I start not losing respect for him, but my my uh, likeness for him, I guess. I don't even know if that's proper grammar. It started mm-hmm. to go down and down. I just I'm not as big of Jay Billis fan as I used to be. Yeah, his yeah, as you said, his comments with uh, they should just start arresting people. You're you're gonna arrest twenty to twenty two year olds who are having fun. Um, that's your solution. Why 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 don't you try something different first before you start just arresting people? Um, Jay was probably fun at college parties. Yeah, well, yeah. I be, I wonder if they rushed the court back in the eighties when he played. I'm sure they did. Um, I bet they did. They definitely did in the NBA. I mean, yeah. I saw a video of the. Uh, Celtics <laughs> today, where it was almost scary to see a people that yeah. rushed onto uh, the Boston Garden. Yeah, um, yep. but yeah, his, his his comments were dumb. The problem with his comments is he has such a huge voice in college basketball now. He does, um, but at the same time, the NCAA hates him <laughs> because he's so opposed to the NCAA. So, and he's a lawyer too. So. And he's a lawyer, so he knows. Um, another guy who has said some dumb things today, in my opinion, Seth Davis, who I cannot stand to begin with, who's also a Duke guy. I didn't see what Seth Davis said today. So he said, uh, "I'm actually going to pull it up real quick so I don't misquote him." Um, he said, "I hope." But I'm wasn't. not. A, I'm not a Seth Davis fan. Never really have been. Yeah, I so. hope it's not too far back in his tweets that I can't find it. Um, he said, um, it, "It was really stupid." Um, let's see. How come we never see court storms at NBA games? Are those fans more measured, less enthusiastic? No, <laughs> which is the funny, which is in my opinion, the funny part. It's because the NBA lets everyone know that so you step on the court, you will leave the arena in handcuffs. It's really that easy. No, I get that second part, but the first part's dumb. There's, there's a season ticket holders for NBA games. Well, I guarantee you they don't go to every single game, and they don't have rowdy students at games. That's just that's really, really dumb. I went to really an NBA dumb. game and was bored out of my mind until the start of the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, yeah, the atmosphere is ter- terrible. You have guys spending thousands of bucks to sit courtside. You think they're going to run on exactly. the court? Um, and for one. The NBA and professional sports as a whole have priced the common man out of even going to games yep. at this point. Yep. Um, so yeah. His, and now here's Seth's simple solutions, as he says. Uh, leagues tell schools they'll be fined five hundred thousand dollars if there's a court storm. Schools increase security and tell fans that if they step on the court, they will be arrested and permanently banned. Um, three, we can all go back to arguing whether Zach Eady is good or just tall. <laughs> Um, no, something's got it. I, I'd be fine if if they want to find schools. They do that for football. People still do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Something, something's got to be done. I think we will see some measures being taken place in the offseason. I agree. And again, they need to have something. Yeah. Have something. Yeah. Yep. Um, last one here for the pick six. Rick Patino. Oh, slick Rick. Uh, white suit. His Johnnies are starting to crawl themselves out of a hole. Big win against Creighton yeah. yesterday. I don't buy the everybody spinning what he said and the motivational stuff. He called out each player individually by name. name. Awful. His team was so mad at him. The assistant coaches had to go talk to Rick about it. And Rick had to go 
um, address his team. I mean, I, I think he has a good relationship with his players and they respect him, but you can't tell me they weren't mad. That was not a tactic just for motivation. That was stupid. <laughs> like he didn't, it just happened to work. Somehow. Yeah. That, that, that was him venting out yep. in public. And yep. um, he's lucky his team didn't quit on him, honestly. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, but yeah, he said, this is the least, <laughs> least enjoyable experience of his life. Uh, and then he said funny. yesterday, he's never had a closer group. Yeah, there's a team since Providence. So. Yeah, and then it's like, all right, whatever. Rick Patino showing up to MSG dressed like John Gotti yesterday, and uh, he's gonna do it for every whiteout here yeah, forward. So, of course, yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Good list, J man. Good pick six list. That's the pick six segment brought to you by Performer Print Two Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting in 2024, Performer Print Two Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs, so you need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. You want to be educated, J-Man? Always need it. Let's talk about some sporting events that have happened on February 26th. Um... On this day, 1935, the New York Yankees released Babe Ruth. He would then go go on to sign with the Boston Braves. What a worthless pile of garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On this day in 1967, can you tell me who won the ninth Daytona 500? 67. uh, Richard Petty. It was Mario Andretti. He won his first and only NASCAR Grand National event, the only time a driver born outside the U.S. has ever won the Great American Race. Is is Petty even a NASCAR guy or is he an IndyCar? Oh, Richard Petty's the greatest NASCAR driver of all time, yeah. Um, Mario was an IndyCar guy. That's why it's surprising that he won won a NASCAR event. Um, Wow. On this day, 1981, 84 penalties. A combined 406 minutes were assessed for a brawl between uh, uh, Minnesota and Boston in the NHL. They they need to bring that type of brawling back, I tell you. <laughs> oh, man. Air knuckles, blood all over the ice. I'm pretty sure he got more points than this as his career went on. But on this day in 1987, Michael Jordan had 58 points in one game, which was a Chicago Bulls record. I'm pretty sure he scored over 60. Eventually. Yeah, 63 in a playoff game. Okay. But for some reason, they don't count those um, hmm. towards okay. the all time. So I don't know. All right. Um, on this day, 1989, Dallas Cowboys fired coach Tom Landry after a 29 year career. I can't believe they fired that guy. I'm surprised they didn't do what New England did this year with Belichick. Parting yeah. of ways. Yeah. Um,. On this day, 2006, the uh, 20th Olymp- Olympic Winter Games closed. Can you tell me where those games were at? 2006? Yes, sir. I should, I should be able to because I was alive for that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with somewhere in Switzerland. Italy. Turn Italy. Italy and winter just doesn't seem to mix, in my opinion. Doesn't, does it? On this day, 2012, the 61st NBA All-Star Game was held in Orlando, Florida. The West beat the East 152-149. Who was the MVP? 2012, I'm going to go yes, with uh, Kobe Bean Bryant. Good guess, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. So then the Oklahoma City yeah. Thunder. And on this day, 2017, who won the 59th Daytona 500? Don't even have a guess for you. Kurt Busch, uh, now retired Kurt Busch, won after Kyle Larson ran out of gas on the last lap. Oh, that's brutal. And Jeffrey Earnhardt also made his NAS- made NASCAR history by becoming the first ever fourth generation driver to compete in the Daytona 500. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Yep. So that's going to do it for the On This Day segment, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of Texas with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or a man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man show sent you, you get 15% off your first sign order. So no matter if you're a sports fan or not, that makes great wooden, oh, great wooden signs. Just get your sign order in. 
Tell them Tanner Jamin Show sent you. Get 15% off. All right, J-Man, before we get to the birdie or bogey segment to wrap up this week's podcast, one more thing I want to get your opinion of, and that was EA Sports finally announced the return of their college football video game. Uh, it's going to be called, instead of NCAA football, uh, which was what it was previously called back in 2013 when they released the latest installment. It was NCAA football 2014. It is just college football 25. How excited are you? About the uh, pretty excited the return um, of the game. I'm I'm gonna have to get uh, the uh, newer gen generation mm-hmm. console. Right, I've been stuck on my Xbox uh, One since 2015, so right eight plus years now. Um, yeah. very excited. It was my favorite game growing up. Mine too. Um, got it every single summer, and um, I'm I'm gonna sh- have to shell out some cash uh, for a new system in the game. It'll be interesting. Because by the time that game comes out, I will have a seven-month-old. So it'll be uh, yep. interesting whether I'm allowed to play that often. But uh, I'm definitely going to get it. I'm going to do should, everything in my power to get it. Should we get a Tin and J-Man show GoFundMe page going for the for the Let's J-Man to get this? Let's, get, let's <laughs> do it. Actually, um, the GoFundMe should be for a babysitter so I can actually... Uh, there you go. Now we're thinking. <laughs> uh, yes, I am, I am looking forward to getting the game as well. Um I think we have a group of friends that are interested in playing and we're hoping to maybe all join the same conference, maybe the Mac and <laughs> start a little dicey against each other and recruit against each other. That'd be kind of fun. UMass so. is joining the Mac, by the way. Oh after boy. The, that might. After, yeah. So you're, you're telling me the Minutemen might be J man's team of choice. Maybe it not this year though. It's 2025. Oh, so 2025. after I just saw that today, okay. but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing a little Maction can't fix, but it's interesting. Uh, players, and, 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 you know, part of the NIL deal, if they want to be, they don't have to be in the game, but if they want to be in the game, they get $600 mm-hmm. plus a free copy of the game. And as Worth of it. this weekend, over half the players eligible to be in the game had already opted in, oh, which yeah. I think is awesome because that some is. people are like, oh, $600 isn't enough for these players. It is for a majority of them. A majority of them don't care because they just, they get to tell everybody, hey, I was in a video game. Yeah. The, honestly, I'd do it for the free copy. Sorry, you cut off on my end there. What'd you say? I'd honestly do it for the free copy. Yeah, no, I mean that's 65, 70 bucks right there. Yeah. You save. So um yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited uh seeing the guys who are already opting in. Um it's gonna be neat. Uh, you know, back in the day I used to find creators out there who would make the rosters anyways with the names. Um now you don't have to do that. So now yeah. we should be pretty darn sharp our college football preview show thanks to the video game you'd show. think you'd think you'd we think. would be but you would uh, think but yeah. i also read somewhere now if a player opts out of the game they're gonna i don't know how that i I'm, I'm too dumb to figure this out that's why i don't i'm not an engineer or video game designer or anything i guess they're gonna put something on there to where the average fan like you and me couldn't put that player in the game hmm. i don't know how that's gonna happen but the computer yeah. nerds will figure it out yeah yeah <laughs> People that are a lot smarter than you and I <laughs> will figure that out. Yeah. But uh, I'm really excited about the game. I Pumped. I always thought it would come back, but when the NIL stuff happened, I'm like, that just makes it more difficult. I didn't Man. know how it was, they were going to do it, but they figured it out. I, I now want to get greedy, and I want a college basketball game too because I think yep, I'd, play, me too. I'd, I'd play that even more. Um, yeah, I don't have a basketball game. I mean, You and I used to play NBA 2K a bunch. Oh. And I probably haven't bought that in about four or five years. So. You're sick of losing to me on Friday nights. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. So, well, a birdie or bogey question uh, to refresh your memory. I'll bring up the uh, the uh, exact thing. Um, who's the oldest rookie of the year winner still playing Major League Baseball? So the winner to win it the longest ago. Longest ago, okay. Longest ago. I hope that helps. Because I think the oldest guy that have won it that's still around is probably Jose Abreu because he came from Cuba. Um, so not the age of the player, I guess the right. duration of the year he won it. Oh man, it's between two guys, Bryce Harper and Craig Kimbrell. I think Craig Kimbrell did it first. You are getting a bogey because it was neither of those guys. Really? Yes. 
Justin Verlander in 2006. Oh, man. I didn't even think Verlander. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. We're now tied at two over. We're ripping it up like always. <sighs> Thanks for watching. I'm embarrassed. Have a great week, everybody.